You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 10. Well, hey there, welcome back to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and as always, I am honored and grateful that you are allowing me to spend a little bit of your day with you. This podcast episode is sponsored by the PMO Impact Summit, our free live virtual event that is specifically targeted to help PMO leaders around the world make a bigger impact with their PMO. Go check it out at PMOImpactSummit.com and get ready to learn a ton of ways you can make a big impact with your PMO. It's PMOImpactSummit.com and when the event is live, it is a free opportunity to get tons and tons of training to help you with your PMO. All right, today we have a really really cool topic that I think has been top of mind for me and a lot of my fellow PMO leaders and thought leaders in this space, wondering how can we best incorporate the best of project portfolio management into what the PMO does from a services and capability perspective and what's working now and what's not working now and how as PMO leaders we need to be thinking differently about our role and how we can help support the portfolio in our organization. Today I am honored to have a guest with me that I consider a friend and a colleague and one of my favorite thought leaders in this space, Andy Jordan. Andy is the president of Refenzian Consulting, a Roatan Honduras-based management consulting firm with fabulous views of the water every single day. I'm so jealous. And he has that organization has a strong emphasis on organizational transformation, portfolio management, and PMO specifically. He is an in-demand speaker and author who delivers thought-provoking content in an engaging and entertaining style. And I can tell you firsthand that he is so much fun to watch and is very entertaining and thought-provoking in his content because we've done some workshops together, we've gone and done speaking engagements together, and it's just such a great experience to hear his perspective and the way he will provoke you to think differently about your role. So super excited to share more about him today. He's also an instructor in Project management related topics and disciplines, including a new portfolio management course that's coming out on LinkedIn learning and lynda.com. And there's something else coming that portfolio management course, Andy is already out, but then there's another one coming this fall. Is that right? Yeah. Scheduled for uh, September, 2019. It probably gets slipped a little bit, but uh, on business focus PMOs. So uh, really excited about that one. And uh, hopefully something that your audience will really get some value from. Oh, totally. So I highly recommend anything and all things Andy Jordan. So if you haven't heard of him before, definitely go check him out. And Andy, would you care to tell the audience anything else about yourself um, that I might have missed or where they can find more information about you? Uh, I just wish I could uh, live up to uh, to what you've sort of promoted me as. I'm a little bit <laughs> nervous that this is going to be a disappointment to people now. Um, would you stop? <laughs> Uh, you can find me on uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, just let me know how you found me so I, I know uh, where you're coming from. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm not the world's most active uh, Twitterer. 
Twitter, um, but uh, I am on Twitter at Rafenzian PM. Um, and uh, you can always contact me uh, via email through the Rafenzian.com website as well. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not that hard to find. I, I'm, uh, I'm all over the place when it comes to this project management stuff. <laughs> That's right. And Andy was actually part of the PMO Impact Summit that we did last year. And he was one of our highest rated speakers. So we brought him back again this year. As you may have heard, the PMO Impact Summit is coming soon. And Andy is one of our speakers talking about a really important topic around project portfolio management. And I wanted to dive a little deeper on some of the things we need to be thinking about in advance of that summit. So definitely make sure you tune in today and go register for the PMO Impact Summit at pmoimpactsummit.com. You can go register right now to hear about Andy's topic and a bunch of other amazing thought leaders in this space on all things PMO. So Andy, today we're gonna to talk a little bit about your perspective on project portfolio management and the role of the PMO and why it's so critical for us to be thinking a little bit differently about that role. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that, that there's a lot of good stuff been done with portfolio management and PMOs have been at the heart of that. But I think there's still a long way to go. And I think fundamentally, a lot of organizations don't quite have the right grasp of what portfolio management should be. And I think PMOs can, can help solve some of those problems. Thank you. All right, wonderful. So let's dig in. Um, why don't we talk about first, let's give some perspective here and talk a little bit about what do we mean when we're talking project portfolio management? Let's go 100,000 foot view. And then maybe we can talk a little bit about what's working, what's not working, and the role of the PMO and all of that. Sure. Well, sometimes the easiest way to think of what project portfolio management is to think about what it isn't. It's not a roll-up of projects and programs that you just so happen to be doing right now. The portfolio has to come first. The portfolio is the vehicle by which an organization executes on strategy. So if the executives say, all right, this year we're going to increase our revenue by 5%, we're going to reduce our costs by 10%, we're going to increase our customer satisfaction NPS by three points, whatever it might be. Those are our goals and objectives. Well, the portfolio is the vehicle we use to actually deliver on that will have projects that sit within that portfolio, but those projects can come and go. It's the portfolio that's key. And we have to make sure that the portfolio delivers results. And that delivers yeah. results is the key piece here. We're not interested in delivering projects. We're, de we're interested in delivering business outcomes as a result of those projects. We're interested in improving revenue, decreasing costs, increasing customer satisfaction. That's the measure of success for the portfolio. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm so glad you said that because I feel like I am constantly talking about we've got to stop emphasizing so much the outputs we're creating and shift our focus to the outcomes we're driving. And as PMO leaders, it is super important that we help facilitate that mindset shift in our organization. And a lot of times PMO leaders will get so caught up in the how many's and the how much 
versus the impact they're making. So how many projects are we managing or how many deliverables are we creating or how many services are we providing? And all of that, I think, has the wrong focus when if we think more about that outcomes we're creating for the organization and driving towards those outcomes, we will be so much more aligned with where the organization is trying to go and where they're thinking. Absolutely. You know, if you're an investor in an organization, if you own shares in a company, do you care that they did 10 projects this year or 100 or 1,000? Or do you care that they achieved all of their goals, that they increased their revenue, that they reduced their costs, that their profitability was high, that the dividend they're paying to shareholders this year is greater? That's what matters. You don't care whether or not they did 99.8% process compliance or whether or not 89.67% of projects finished on time. Who cares? It doesn't drive value. Oh my gosh. I, yes, this is music to my ears. And I think one of the things that we need to think about that you just mentioned there was the whole concept of we don't care about the on time and the on budget so much. And I think that that leads to some very important discussion around let's step away a little bit from the triple constraint and not that it's not important to track that stuff, but that's not all we should be measuring. We need to be measuring the outcomes that we're creating. And if we're thinking about this triple constraint as, okay, well, we've got to get as much on time on budget. We can protect that golden triangle to the detriment of the actual project delivering its outcomes. Because what if partway through the project, you find that if you don't add one key feature, you're really not going to be able to achieve the business goal that that project was intended to create, to deliver. And so we are fiercely protecting that triple constraint to the detriment of getting to those outcomes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about projects, the portfolio from the concept of an organization. An organization's got a certain amount of money that it can spend on projects every year. Let's call it $100 million. If it commits $5 million to one particular project, it needs to get 5.5 or $6 million or something back in order to generate a return on the investment. Otherwise, it's going to look at taking those $5 million and taking them somewhere else. There's only $100 million total to spend. So you've got to find the best way to do it. If you then give that $5 million to a project manager who forgets that his job is to turn that $5 million into 5.5 or $6 million and yeah. instead says, I'm going to deliver all of my approved scope by the date I've been told to you know, for whatever resource cost you've given me. If that's all they care about and the world has moved on, which let's face it, it will have done. And yeah. now all of a sudden that $5 million turns into $4.8 million of revenue. The CEO is not going to promote you because you delivered on time, on scope and on budget. The CEO is going to fire you for wasting $200,000 and the opportunity to generate more. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. This is great. Um, thank you. So, okay. Let's talk a little bit about where we are today with project portfolio management and what's working and what's not working from your perspective. Well, let me say project portfolio management today is better than when we didn't have it. Yeah. Things are certainly better than they were five or 10 years ago. So let's acknowledge that. Yes, we've, we've come part of the way, right? <laughs> yeah, but that's the end of the good news. Yeah, It's nowhere near where it could be or where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. At the moment, project portfolio management is still a little bit of a bolt-on overlay. 
Mm -hmm. We do project planning the way we've always done project planning. We do project execution the way we've always done project execution with maybe a little bit more of a benefits focus now. And then we try and sort of tie those two together or bolt them together a little bit with portfolio management. But we're not doing it that effectively because we're not truly integrating everything. And we're still looking at the world from the bottom up. When you start planning the portfolio, you don't start with what I said, that the portfolio comes first, the idea of generating the return on investment. You start by doing business cases for individual projects and then trying to choose the best ones. So it's still bottom-up planning. It's not strategic down. Right. You know, and that's a really good point because that's how many portfolios are created. Like I've seen PMO leaders doing this where they say, okay, well, here's all of our projects. So poof, that's our portfolio, as opposed to what you're suggesting here, which is let's determine the business outcomes we're trying to drive. And then the projects come from that. Yeah, absolutely. If you think about how an organization spends its money, the vast majority of the money that it's got available has to go into operations. It has to go into paying the salaries of employees to uh, work in progress, raw materials, you know, all the, the execution of stuff that it does. There's only a small percentage that's available for investment in projects of that small percentage. A whole bunch of that is already tied up with stuff you have to do regulatory compliance, keep the lights on, uh, Mm -hmm. commitments that you've made in previous years. So there's only a tiny, tiny fraction that's actually available for new project investments. That's what you have to focus on is making sure you're getting the best possible return on investment for that limited amount of money. Not that you're doing a whole bunch of really exciting projects that the CIO or the chief product officer or the chief sales officer or the chief whatever officer wants to do. That doesn't matter. That doesn't help the organization move forward. You've got to turn it on its head, start with strategy and drive everything from there. Right, exactly. So we started talking about investments a little and I want to just make it super clear for everyone what what the role of the PMO is and what the role of projects is and talk a little bit about this ROI or return on investment thing. Because one of the things that I'm often saying to my students in my programs and helping them with in my Impact Engine PMO deep dive program and you know, on every stage I can get on and all the time and all the things in my coaching is that PMOs are there to ensure that they're creating the highest possible return on investment for the organization. And for PMO leaders to embrace that concept, they have to step away from thinking of themselves as a project office and start thinking of themselves as an investment office, an investment management organization, that their role is as an investment manager in the organization. So can you talk about your perspective here? And I want to I go deep and be thorough here because I feel like this is so important and one of the most critical mindset shifts that PMO leaders must embrace. And I talk a lot about this in my impact PMO leader mindset series that um, just finished up before we started diving into these interviews. I want to get your perspective on that and the importance of achieving ROI, ROI for projects, ROI for the portfolio, what we mean by that, and how PMO leaders can help optimize organizational investment returns for their organization. Sure. So as I mentioned, organizations have a limited amount of money to spend. Right. They have to generate the best possible return on that, just as we all do as individuals. 
we have a limited amount of money to spend. We get our salaries from our employers. Maybe we get a little bit of investment income from you know, different sources. But you know, by and large, we get paid a certain amount of money for doing a job. And we have to get the best possible return we can on that investment and that salary. So there's some things we have to do. We have to buy the groceries. We have to pay the utility bills. We have to pay our mortgage or our rent, whatever it might be. And then we've got a little bit of money that we can choose to spend in other areas. But we still want to get a return from that money. It may not be a financial return. Yes, some of it will go into uh, our retirement savings, which will generate hopefully a, a return for us down the road. Some of it may go into a savings account to pay for the next vacation or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But then we start thinking about how we spend that discretionary funds. Do we go out for a meal or right. do we put a bit more money away for a vacation? Because the vacation or the meal or the time spent with loved ones, that has value to us. That creates personal value. The same thing happens in organizations. They invest in projects, sometimes to make money or frequently to make money, especially in, in the private sector. But sometimes that's an indirect value return. They don't necessarily say, hey, I'm going to do this project because suddenly I'm going to make 20 million next year instead of 15 million this year. But sometimes it's because it increases customer loyalty or it attracts new customers, which then drive longer term value. So over the long term, you, you get more money out of it. You get more investment return. And, and that's still a return, right? I mean, that's the important part. It's still a return. It is of value to the organization. They are spending a fixed amount of money to generate a return, a value that is more than the amount spent. Yes, it's easy to measure that in purely financial terms. I give you 5 million, you give me 6 million, good for me. But, you know, life's not always that simple. And some industries are not driven by money, right? We've got the not-for-profit sector where, you know, in fact, not-for-profits are a really good example. Mm-hmm. You've got very limited amount of money coming in. You want to spend as little as possible, but you want to do as much good as possible. Whatever it is that you're, um, you're trying to add value to, whether it's you know, third world development, whether it's medical research, whether or not it's animal care, or whatever it might be, you're trying to spend as little as possible to do as much good as possible. That's a return on your investment. That's right. value. In the government sector, you're spending taxpayer dollars. You've got to make sure you do as much possible good as you can with those taxpayer dollars. If not, you have some very difficult questions to answer every election cycle. And, you know, frequently read about how awful you are on the front page of the local newspaper or (laughs) news website these days, I guess. You know, so it's On Twitter. Yeah. It's still about generating value. It's still about getting the best possible return. You can't measure it just in financial terms. And bring that back to the PMO, the PMO is in charge of, is delivering, is driving the process of making sure project-related work aligns with the kind of return that we have to get. The organization says, these are our goals. These are the areas we're going to focus on. This is the kind of area where we want to drive value. If the PMO is not making sure that happens, A, that the work is generating the right kind of value, and B, that the best possible return is being created, it's failing the organization. Oh my gosh. Yes, exactly. And as you were talking, I was thinking about my own experience. Um, So for me personally, I have three businesses that I run and that I've started and each one of them we look at from an ROI perspective, but very differently. So we have PMO strategies, my consulting and training company that hosts these PMO impact summits that we do and other workshops that you've been a part of and all the things. Right. And you know, we have, we are very mission driven 
but we do need to make money as a company in order to pay the staff, pay the bills, you know, that's our living money, just that's our paycheck, right? So we are looking at ways to create a great return, but with a very mission-driven focus of helping PMO leaders around the world have access to all the resources they need to make an impact. So that's one organization. We, I also have a um, real estate business, same thing there. We're trying to create experiences, it's vacation properties that we own. We're trying to create experiences for our guests that stay at our properties so that they can enjoy family time and enjoy a wonderful and memorable vacation with their family, with their friends, and so that they've got a return for their investment in coming to stay at one of our properties. And to us, we believe part of the experience we create, we invest in creating those experiences so that those people can enjoy their lives and have more time with family and friends and things that we as a family value and want to create value for others. So there's so much value that is not financial, but of course we wouldn't run that business if it was constantly losing money, right? Because that would be crazy. Now, those are two um, for-profit organizations that are still very mission focused. Now, my third one is one that I've talked about a little bit here and you know about and um, has been making some really big impact around the world is the nonprofit that I started five years ago called Project Management for Change. Now, that is a nonprofit. Therefore, we aren't looking at things from a purely financial return on investment perspective. The goal of that nonprofit is to unleash the power of project management to make a global impact, starting with small communities, but then making a global impact to change the world for the better. But there's two really important players in that, and that's the project managers and all of the nonprofits that are trying to do good around the world. We are very, very mission-driven and focused on those goals, but if our nonprofit doesn't make enough money to fund those programs, we can't do those programs. So we still, no matter if you are a for-profit or a nonprofit organization, you are still looking for a way to create return. And in all of those cases, my perspective is it's all about creating an impact in people's lives, changing their lives to the better, and we still have to make money. We still have to, in any of those scenarios, if we don't have funding for our project management day of service event, for example, we can't do it. And if we don't do it, those mission-driven nonprofits will not, that we support with our events will not be able to achieve their goals. If we don't have these events and aren't sharing the power of project management around the world, project managers still find themselves having to justify or explain what they do or you know, be treated as overhead or administration. And we're trying to say, no, project managers are the most qualified to change the world for the better. So it's, it's, really, it's really squishy, but it's also really cool when you think about any organization, those are just three different examples in different industries, but each one of those has a very mission-driven focus. So some of the return we see is not financial, but don't take your eye off the ball that you must have a return for the investments that you make, even in the nonprofit scenario, because if you don't, then you can't achieve those goals that you're trying to achieve. Absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, currency of, of, the world is right. is financial you know that right. that's how all of us exist you know i don't do this kind of thing because you know i absolutely love project management alone yes i love project management and pmo as a portfolio management but at the end of the day 
it's an investment of my time and effort in return for some kind of financial reward. Because right. if that doesn't happen, then you can't afford to live. You can't right. afford to maintain the equipment that allows it to happen. You can't have a lifestyle that allows you to just, you know, exist as a, as a human being on this planet these days. You know, there has to be some kind of financial benefit ultimately, no matter how valuable or how worthwhile the work that you do is. And if a PMO doesn't recognize that, then right. it's not going to have its eye on the ball. It's not going to be delivering the kind of, of benefits that it needs to for its employer. Right, exactly. And every person listening to this, if they are receiving a paycheck, they are getting a return for their investment in time, right? And it's the worth it factor. And that's what I often call it. I'm like, okay, you don't want to call it ROI, call it the worth it factor. Is it worth investing our time, energy, resources, et cetera, to get a return? Whether that return is financial in whole or in part, or it is some other value or perceived value that can help, you know, better, better society. So thank you. That is so helpful. And I think it's really important to help with that mindset shift for PMO leaders. So of course, you're going to dive deep into all of this and give people kind of a, a roadmap and a way to get from where they are today to having this project management or project portfolio management kind of 2.0 way of thinking about the portfolio in their organization. So you definitely dive deep into that in the summit, which is awesome. So if you guys have not signed up for the PMO Impact Summit yet, please do. It is free and is for PMO leaders around the world to have access to the resources that they need. Um, but with that, Andy, is there anything else that you think is important for PMO leaders to think about? Or do you have kind of a nugget that you can share with them to say, all right, here's what you can go do right now, besides signing up for the summit, here's what you can go do right now to start making that shift to a more portfolio management driven decision making process in the organization? I assume you meant to say, as aside from signing up for the summit and taking my project portfolio management course on LinkedIn Learning and exactly focus PMO course on LinkedIn Learning. Yeah, apart from those things. Um, <laughs> well, yes, and those are really important things that I highly, highly recommend. <laughs> do that, and what and, can they do like yeah. right this minute, right today, you know, or to start that mindset shift going. Okay, we talk about PPM, project portfolio management. Yeah, the thing they can do right now is to stop focusing on the project part of that and yes. start focusing on the portfolio part of that. Yeah. It's about the portfolio. That's what drives the value. The projects themselves are secondary to the portfolio. Now, to, to bring it back to money just quickly again, think about your retirement funds, your retirement portfolio. Yep. You have individual projects, individual stocks and shares in there, but you care a lot more about the overall return on investment of the portfolio. It's the portfolio that matters. If you start that mindset, if you start thinking in terms of that, then you can start that journey towards delivering sustainable value through Project Portfolio Management 2.0. Yes. Awesome. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Okay. So we've talked about how they can find you on LinkedIn, LinkedIn learning. They've got to come watch your session where you dive deep into all of this as part of the PMO impact summit. And if you just want to remind everyone where they can find you online besides LinkedIn, your website and any other information you want to share before we um, let you go today. Sure. Um, so on Twitter, it's at Rofensian PM. That's R-O-F-F-E-N-S-I-A-N. PM. Um, you'll also find me all over projectmanagement.com. 
Um, yes. I think there are like, I don't know, a thousand articles on that over the last few years there now. Um, so, you know, a scary amount of content there. So uh, right. if you want to know my opinion on pretty much anything that, uh, that has project management around it, you will find it there. Um, and yeah, LinkedIn, um, my website, you know, all that good stuff. And then, you know, Google will show you a few other places you can find me. And if you really can't sleep, there is a strategic risk management book out there that uh, I wrote a few years ago that uh, is guaranteed. <laughs> to cure insomnia. <laughs> That's great. Well, Andy, as always, it is an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you a part of the PMO Strategies programs, the summit, and all the things. So thank you for your time today. And for all of you listening, definitely go sign up for the summit, PMOImpactSummit.com. Find Andy online. I highly recommend any of his training and programs to help you figure out how to make a huge impact with your PMO and portfolio management. So that's all for today. Thank you so much, Andy, for being here. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, everybody.